Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. What's going on, Mike? How are you this week? Good morning, Mark. It's so good to hear your voice. Uh, I was out today just kind of walking around a little bit in the garden. You know, I, I mentioned that I was uh, doing a little gardening with my wife uh-huh. here this year and right. thought I had lost uh, tomato plants, you know, just too much water and mm-hmm. not enough heat and all that kind of thing. But boy, it was exciting to walk out there today and see some of those those boys. I'll call them, uh, what are some of them, uh, better boys and all that kind of stuff. They are growing. Are you are and you getting are you getting anything on them or just flowers? oh no nothing just on them. Just okay. some, flowers. Uh, the plants look like they were just wilting and gotcha. dying gotcha, and gotcha. shriveling up. But today they look green and healthy and yeah. they put on some height and uh, nice. I'm excited. They're going to fill those cages. I hope. Yeah, I, no, <laughs> mine are mine are taking off like crazy. Oh, uh, I've great. got um, I've got buds uh, the little you know the, the little yellow uh-huh. yellow flowered. Uh, parts that it's so neat to me how it turns into and it's like a little flower looking thing and it turns into this big old red juicy beefsteak tomato absolutely <laughs> it's, it's incredible it's amazing yes. i got a little uh lime tree thing um mm-hmm. and it's got little after two years it's taken a while yeah. uh but i've got this little it's got little green uh little lime starting to form on it it's oh, pretty nice. cool yeah yeah that is cool uh yeah. my broccoli i had to i had to cut my broccoli uh this past oh week because uh, it had some really big heads on it and, uh, and my corn is, you know, what they say, knee high by July. Uh-huh, Mine's uh-huh. as tall as I am already. Oh, and I'm nice. six feet tall. So that is wild. Yeah, I know. So I, it's my first go. Yeah, it's got with, something in the soil down there. It's my first. Yeah, I don't know. It's my first go around with the with the corn. So I'm I'm, uh-huh. I'm not sure what yeah. to do. So I'm keeping an eye on it. <laughs> I'm trying to learn. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe 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 our listeners are going. Wait a minute. Is this the is this the yeah, investing in finance about? or is this gardening? <laughs> but hey, why not both? We'll talk a little yeah. bit about uh, raising some crops and whatnot. Well, we're Carolina yeah, boys, and so you know we know a lot of our listeners are, are Carolina folks as well. Whether you're north or south or whatever the case might be, but Mm-hmm. You can probably relate. Uh, it's, it's and as sure, certainly the COVID thing, I think, has it also pushed a lot of people in saying, "Hey, I'm going to grow some stuff," you know, yeah. uh, so we don't have to worry about trying to find it. I, I will say the one that I have trouble with, though, mm-hmm. and I don't know about you, Mike, but the one that I really have trouble with is cauliflower. For whatever reason, I wait too long and it. It, it, it burns, I guess. It, You're getting it, more exotic than I am. I tell you what, you got all kinds of stuff. I, can do, I got a bunch of stuff. <laughs> but I have trouble with that. When I, I Two times in uh-huh. a row now, I've, I've messed it up somehow, and I think I've waited too long to pick it or harvest it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it uh, – and. I uh, had uh, my neighbor gentleman. He's a uh, he's a uh, retired, and he says uh, he says you're waiting too long, and it's burnt. <laughs> and I was like, all right, go. so I'm gonna try to see if I can do a better job with that one this year. That's right. Don't want to burn it up. That's right. We don't want to burn it up. Well, now that we've talked cauliflower and tomatoes and corn and all these kinds of different terms, it's time for you to crack open your financial dictionary with Mike and I as we talk about some financial terms. Uh, we're gonna harvest a few of these, if you will. And I've got, I don't know, four or five of these different just kind of financial terms. I'm going to have you tell us what they are. Maybe just give us a quick rundown on them. Some of these I think uh, we will know. And some of these I think uh, listeners may not know. But take a moment to kind of uh, tell us what they are. Okay, Mike? Okay. All right. So accelerated death benefit. Doesn't sound Uh, pleasant, but it is something that a lot of us uh, encounter. 
Yeah, it's uh, something that you actually use while you're living. You know, it sounds like it's something to do with death, and mm-hmm. it, it is uh, typically connected to life insurance. Right. Um, where you have the ability, if you are diagnosed with a terminal illness that's not expected, that you'd survive more than 12 months that you can get access to it. But there is also another feature that these sometimes uh, get uh, pulled into, and that's where you have a combination of a life insurance and a long-term care insurance policy where you actually accelerate the death benefit in order to pay your long-term care expenses. And in that case, you're not looking at a terminal illness diagnosis or that sort of thing. You're just looking at the inability to do certain things to be able to take care of yourself. You need some assistance um, either because of physical limitations or cognitive issues. And uh, so all it amounts to is that you are able to draw on the policies death benefit while you're living in order to meet certain expenses. And it's your choice how you use it, of course. The nice thing is you're not taxed on it because it's considered just a prepayment on a death benefit. And death benefits are typically, there are some weird situations that you might mess up and do something that could cause them to be income taxable, but typically not subject to income tax. So great way to finance some of your expenses uh, later in life. Uh, or in the event you do have a physical issue occur that uh, requires some help. Gotcha. Okay. All right. That's the accelerated death benefit. And, you know, I forget who told me this a long time ago, but they used to tell me, you know, with life insurance and, I, you, know, you, you know, as you're growing up or whatever, and you're kind of learning about it, maybe you first have kids or whatever, you sit there and you think, why is it called life insurance? Right. Cause you know, yeah, right. And it's like, well, in the, in the joke or the saying or the whatever as well, because if they called it death insurance, nobody would buy it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't want to assure that. I'm no, I don't want to assure that. Even though we all will. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, what about AGI on a financial dictionary? Uh, What's that? Okay. AGI stands for adjusted gross income. It's a tax terminology. Uh, When you're filling out a personal income tax return on what's called a form 1040 with the uh, federal tax system, uh, you calculate all your income. You'll you'll get various tax forms, uh, W-2s, 1099s, 1099Rs, all kind of stuff like that. You and 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 uh, also, if you're on Social Security, you get a Social Security statement showing what your 1099 SA amount of income was. You add all that up. Uh, you've got certain uh, calculations that you have to do, and you get to the bottom line of what used to be the first page of your tax return, and that was your uh, gross income. And excuse me, this is before the bottom line. You came to a gross income, and then you had certain adjustments to that income. Things like take off student loan interest up to a certain limit take off your IRA, uh, traditional IRA deductible contribution amounts that you're eligible for, self-employed health insurance, moving expenses back when they were done uh, available and all that kind of stuff. Certain things like that, that you adjusted your income by, and then that was the adjusted gross income. And that was used for things like calculating how much of my medical expenses, if I'm itemizing, that's different than adjusting income. If I'm itemizing deductions, how much of my medical expenses are eligible to be included in itemized deductions. That was keyed off of the adjusted gross income. So, and, and still is uh, for that matter. Okay. So it, it's basically just a calculation to kind of get to what's my gross income, less certain allowable adjustments like IRAs, student loan interest, et cetera. Gotcha. All right. How about fundamental analysis? Okay. There's typically two things that most people think of as ways that they analyze whether to invest in a company or not. One would be fundamental analysis. The other would be technical analysis. 
technical analysis has more to do with momentum, direction of the markets and that company's performance in its stock price and that sort of thing. Fundamental analysis looks more at the inside the company. What's the management like? What is their sales funnel look like? What what are their opportunities? What's their marketing like? Uh, How about their financial statements? Are they strong? They have a lot of debt. They have a lot of cash. Um, it's, It's more of the how good of a company is this on paper and in its execution of its uh, mission. Gotcha. All right. Well, we're talking financial dictionary here with Mike Flanders on the podcast, just going through some terms you may have heard and have they, how, how they may or may not affect you for your financial plan. Margin account. What about that one? Okay. This is uh, where you have a, an investment account, uh, say with a brokerage firm, um, TD Ameritrade, Schwab, you know, whoever. And they will allow you to um, pledge the investments uh, that you have in your account as security to borrow money from them. And uh, this is uh, what really was the big accelerator back in 1929 in the Great Depression. And people back then had put through the roaring 20s. The markets were crazy going up. And uh, people got so excited about the opportunities to invest. They were you know, coming into their own in terms of automobiles and energy and all kinds of things happening. And so they would borrow against their accounts. And back then there was no regulation. So they would have 90% of their account borrowed. Well, when something went wrong and the thing the market started to tip lower, guess what? Uh, the brokers wanted their money back uh, because, and they wanted it back before there was no money available to get it from by selling the stocks that were underlying the loan. So they started calling in these uh, uh, margin accounts and saying, hey, you got to pay back this, this money. And so people would have to sell more stock. Well, you sell more stock, that causes the price to go down and it's just uh, a cascading effect. And that's what caused that great crash. Uh, today, we have regulations that limit the amount you can borrow up, up no more than 50% of the equity position in your account. So it limits that and uh, helps protect, but it is a way to actually borrow money for something else or to buy more stock or something like that. I don't recommend it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, how, uh, now, I've got, uh, now I've got one I, I know everybody will know. Uh, maybe, but I'm going to see if I can, I'm going to see if I can tweak this a little bit for you, Mike. Uh, okay. maybe, maybe a little jeopardy type thing, trade, change it up <laughs> for you. Uh, and I think honestly, what happened was at some point they went and got themselves a high, uh, a high priced, uh, Madison Avenue publicist to give them a, a makeover and give them a better image. Uh, mm-hmm. because the, the, the normal name we know is not quite as nice as high yield bonds. Yes. Also known as what? Junk bond. Yeah, there you go. So, what's a junk yes. bond? Yeah, that was the uh, old uh, Michael Milliken uh, days back with uh, Lehman Brothers in the seventies uh, and eighties. A junk bond is is a uh, a debt instrument. It's where a company wants to raise money by borrowing, as opposed to issuing stock, where they're just selling part of the company to uh, investors. So they're going to borrow money. So they issue what's called a bond. That's just basically where they're making a commitment. It's my bond that I will give you your money back that you loaned to me after I paid you interest for a certain period of time. And that bond matures. A lot of people think about like CDs. Uh, That's not a bond, but it's a similar concept. You get interest while you loan the money to the bank. And then when the um, CD matures, you get your money back. Same thing with the bond. A junk bond or a high yield bond is one that's issued by a company whose financial situation is not so hot. 
think Kmart some years ago. They, at one point, uh, were not issuing bonds that were considered to be high yield or junk uh, because they were a stronger company. But then they came on hard times. Uh, their ratings fell into the C category and they, uh, their bonds were considered to be risky. And all that means is that if a company's financials are not very strong, there's, there's a greater risk that you might not get your money back. You might not get all your interest either. So they're, they're considered to be higher risk of losing your money or not getting all of your money back. All right, we're going to finish off with one more here. I don't want to end on junk bonds. That's no fun. Uh, <laughs> right. Let's do one that we definitely hear a lot of times in meetings with advisors, and maybe we know what it is. Maybe we don't. Uh, maybe we are a little uh, unsure if we want to ask, raise our hand and say, hey, I'm not quite clear on what that is. And that happens, and it's okay you know, to ask those questions and, and get understanding for what it is that you're talking about. So asset allocation. I think we have an idea, but a lot of times I'm not sure that people have the right idea. Yeah, probably a little bit of uh, consternation about this because different advisors or people in the financial industry mean different things by asset allocation. Okay. Um, or their idea of allocating assets is different than what somebody else's might be. Gotcha. For instance, um, you know, asset allocation has to do with diversifying your assets, not having the investments that you're making, the assets, in one basket. You know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, what grandma always said. And the reason you do that, obviously, is so that you don't have a train wreck happen in one area and you got everything there, take, making a big bet on it. You've diversified. You've spread it across different types of assets. And when you think about assets, sometimes people get confused between sectors, like in, in different industries, um, energy industry, pharmaceutical industry, finance, all those kinds of things. Those are sectors. They're not asset classes. But when you're allocating assets, what you're saying is, I'm going to take and I'm going to put some money in this kind of asset class here, such as large U.S. companies. And then I'm going to put some other of my assets into a category that we might call small U.S. companies. And then into short-term interest-bearing bonds, international small companies. Uh, emerging market value companies. I'm not going to get into all those kind of descriptives there, but what you, you get the idea. There's different assets and uh, types of assets that have characteristics of how they typically perform in relation to one another. So when you are allocating things in different categories, you don't necessarily want to say, well, let, let's just uh, pick, for instance, right now, Let's pick energy and uh, finance and some of those things. And then we have a crash like we've just had and all those things get killed. I mean, you, you haven't really diversified, but you've diversified more so when you've gone outside of your country to companies that are strong companies, companies that are not so strong companies, to large companies, to small companies. They perform differently typically. And uh, so allocating those, you want to do it not just on throw a dart or uh, let's pick four categories and put 25% in each, right. which you hear sometimes. But it's more, there's a lot of research that's gone into this to determine where the places that you can go to get higher returns without increasing your risk. And uh, risk has got to come into play in making these decisions. You don't just throw money at uh, things that have high return expectations uh, without considering what's the overall risk of the, of the way that you've allocated your money among the different asset classes. Right. So asset allocations can be pretty complex, but it can be understandable too. 
Yep. And it's one of those terms that you're going to hear a lot when you're working with an advisor. So certainly yep. good to have a good grasp on it. And that's really kind of the point of the podcast this week. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Uh, and we just wanted to share some financial terms that you may hear when you're sitting down to talk with someone so that you understand them maybe a little bit better. And if you listen to our prior podcast, past couple of weeks, we actually talked a little bit about not needing to know everything about what makes the car go, but still under having a good working knowledge. So again, that's sometimes it's good to do these terms and go through some of these things just so we have a basic knowledge uh, of what's being said and what it means because questions are important. So it's never a bad idea when, when you're talking with an advisor and they say something you're not clear on. Hey, don't feel Ask bad. Ask the question. Yeah. 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 Just say, hey, explain that a little bit better to me, please. I'm not quite sure what that means. Nothing wrong with that at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Mike. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Anything else you can think of, my friend? I am in good shape at this point. I think I appreciate you getting me through this today. No problem. And good luck with your tomatoes and my tomatoes, and we'll share soon. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> we'll talk to everybody soon here on the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever podcasting app you choose. You can find us on most of the major ones. Just type in Strategic Planning in the search box and you will find it. Or you can go to spcinvesting.com. That is spcinvesting.com. Mike's got more than 42 years of uh, service in the industry, so reach out to him if you've got some questions or concerns at 336-668-4338. And we'll see you next time on Strategic Planning. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.